Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Angeles, California. Man, talking about change and transformation from season to season. When when I left California over there in Los Angeles, it must have been at least maybe a hot 78, you know? <laughs> I, I hate to tell you that, you know. Then you come over here and it's like, boom, you know, you walk out of the car and all of a sudden it's like, the, the weather must have tripled over here. Something's going on, man. Something's going on. But thank God for transformation, right? Thank God that there's seasons in life, seasons that we live around, and uh, God is good, amen? God is good, man. I just want to tell you that uh, the worship team was awesome. Man, I felt the Holy Ghost. I felt the anointing, and, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's just an awesome thing, man. I like, I like the youth there, man. There was a lot of young bucks, man. If I was in there playing the drums, they'd call me Otis. I'd be the oldest guy there. Man, but you got old Wapo over there, yeah. a.k.a. Brother Fellowship, man. You thought I forgot about that, huh? Yes, man, that's a long-running uh, name there that uh, has been given to him since he was a young man. This guy was just outgoing, even as a young, young buck, man. He just, when I'd come around him, he just... Like flowing like a butterfly, always fellowship, always just talking to people, man. Well, now you know why. You know, God has called that young man. He's going to be a great preacher, great minister, great man of God. So great things going to happen for Brother Fellowship. Man. But, you know, our topic today is going to be a little bit about transformation. And I'm looking at these flowers here. And, you know, uh, can you imagine that when before they looked like this, they were just green strands, you know, nothing of really beauty. And all of a sudden, things began to change, and they transform. Are you with me? They transform, and they change, and there's a bud. And all of a sudden, the bud turns into a little white flower. And then, and then all of a sudden, these buds turn into roses, you know. And you, you got to stop and take time to smell the roses to enjoy the transformation, not only in the beauty that God has given us, but also in the beauty of life. Amen. And, and, and you know what? When God takes us from journey to journey, from season to season, and, and God's transforming your life, a lot of times it's like, Lord, instead of saying, what am I learning? I'm guilty of that. We say, why, God? How many are, how many are with me? Why must I go through this? Why do I got to do that? And you know what? If we can just change our mindset, if you can get a hold of yourself and just change your mindset, it starts right there. Instead of saying why, say what? Are you with me? Don't say why anymore. Are you with me? Look to your neighbor and say, don't say why. Say what? What am I learning, God? What, what do you want me to learn in this season that I'm walking in? Because every season brings something good. Amen? Hallelujah. One of our churches out there in the East Coast, the Philadelphia church, had these nice T-shirts. And it says, something good out of the hood. And there's truth, man. There's truth in that. Whether there's hood in you or you live in the hood, something good comes out of the hood. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm evidence of that. And, and back to the story over here before I jump into the word. Uh, we're going to be working out of um, 
our text is going to be, as you're turning there, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I want to tell you a little bit of something about your pastors, you know. <laughs> I've known them for such a long time. Uh, I can remember clearly. I don't know why I remember this, this scene, in, in, you know, from, from way back, way back. And me and Tony, his, his brother that I used to hang out in the, in the streets with, we're hanging out right there by his 6'4". It was a yellow one. And, and I'm, we're just cutting it up right there. I, I don't know what we were doing. I probably wasn't in my, wasn't in my right mind. But here comes two little people coming down the sidewalk walking. <laughs> well, you know how you look down the sidewalk and they just look real small. And then as they get closer, they get, you know, smaller and smaller and uh, smaller. No, they get bigger and, and bigger and bigger. And, and, and that's when they barely met and they, were, they barely were permitted to hold hands, you know. So can you imagine that they're walking down the, the sidewalk, may I? And, and they're like this, you know, just in, instead, of, instead of like this. They, they, they were barely, you know, just barely hanging on. He's, he's probably saying, stop, Pastor, stop. And then he pulls up, and me and Joker look at him. young youngster. He looks at me, he goes, calls me by my nickname then. I won't even say that. And this, this, this is my girlfriend. This is, this is Maria. This is Maria. Woo! <laughs> I'm giving up the drawings, but you know, just to just to let you know how long I've known them, and they, you know, ever since they just met, you know, and look at look at what God's done. Amen. You know, they've given up everything to pursue the will of God. They've given up everything to chase after the things of God. They've, they've said, you know what, I've died to self, God. I, I don't want the things of the world anymore, Lord. I want what you have to offer me. I chase after your attributes, Father God. And, and you know what, I'm glad that sister read that, that scripture about, you know, the attributes, you know, the, 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 the things that we need to embrace. And, you know, Matthew 5, it's, it, it, it paints a beautiful picture of what life should look like for us as his sons and daughters. And the only way that we get there is through transformation. Are you with me? We've got to change like these flowers. We've got to make that decision early on in life and say, you know what? I'm done with the old me, you know, out with the old, and here comes the new. We've got to be able to embrace change. Are you with me? Come on, somebody say yes. Hallelujah. We've got to be able to embrace change. So back to Romans 12, 1 and 2. That's our text we're going to be working out of. Um, our subject matter this morning is change what's disaligned. We've got to learn to change what is disaligned. And the title that God gave me for this, you know, is, hey, don't laugh at me, this is what he gave me, so I had to run with it. Something strange if there's no change. There's something strange going on with us. I'm just going to personalize this. If there's, something if there's something strange going on in me, it's because I'm not embracing change. There's something strange going on in my life. There's something strange in my decision. There's something strange that's going on over here. So we have to embrace change. The times that we live in, the world that we live in is constantly evolving and progressing. It's known that if you don't keep up with the times, you're going to be left behind, right? I'm going to share a little true story right here. And before we go into that, let me just set my... Uh, my timer here, you know, I don't want to go over two hours, but, you know, we won't keep you too long. 
What's my time frame, Pastor? What's my time frame? Two fiddling. Okay. Just uh, note to self, those that are preaching, this works. This is very effective. You know, honoring the house. If, if, if your pastor says five, it's five. You know, so I got five minutes. So I better make this happen quick, man. Can I get five? Can I get five over here? That's ten. Can I get five over here? It adds up quick. So what I like to do is just kind of time myself so that I can be honoring to the house. So just uh, food for thought for those that are going to be ministering. This works. Very effective. Very effective. It's honoring to your house, to the pastor, to those that are going to be ministering to you. Um, so back to the story here about technically being challenged. Um, not too long ago, my grandson in West Virginia, you know, his parents started to allow him to go on, I guess it must have been, you know, messenger or something. And so he sent me, as parents did, my, sis, uh, my daughter Carmen sent me an invitation to be a part of that so I can start connecting with my grandson, Jojo. And so here I am, this, this savvy guy. I mean, I'm just great at this stuff, you know, 62-year-old man, and I know how to do this, you know. I can do this. So I let time go by, and then I said, man, I got to respond to that. So I opened it up, and I sent to my, my son-in-law, yes, I, I want to go ahead and connect with my grandson. Lo and behold, the message said that I was going to connect with children and grandchildren, right? I don't know exactly how it was worded, but I know it said that. Well, guess what? Smart me sent it to the wrong David. And three days later, two days later, David R. Battle Jr., which your pastors know, maybe some of you guys know here, he sends me a text. Like, sends the thing that I sent him and then puts a big question mark. Like, he couldn't have put it any bigger, man. And I go, man, why did I get the wrong number, you know? So, you know, we've got to learn to adapt. You know, if I, if I don't learn these things, I'm not, I'm not going to keep up. But we can make mistakes like that. We can make mistakes where, you know, some of our decisions are going to rub people wrong. And, of course, I, I text them uh, right away. And, and, you know, I made fun of myself. It says, you know, I'm technically challenged. You know how old I am, man. Stop making fun of me. You know, I ain't trying to, you know, you know trying to chase after your kids. And you don't have grandchildren, so you know I made a mistake. I'm sure he was scratching his head and laughing at me because, we, you know, we know each other very well. But we got to keep up with the times. That's the, the, the message behind that. Keeping up with the times helps us, helps us to change and adapt. We've got to learn to change and adapt in life. But there's one thing in life that's promised is that the Word of God is forever and never changes. It's promised or true or from, heaven, from, uh, from front to end. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will always remain, the Bible declares in Matthew 24, 35. So one thing is sure in life is that the promises of God are yea and amen will never change for you and I. Can someone say amen? amen. So here we go. We've been called out of darkness into the light. Transformation needs to begin to happen from, the, from Jump Street. What do I mean by Jump Street? From the very time that you said yes to Jesus, transformation needs to start taking place immediately in life. We've got to embrace that early on. We can't just have that attitude. I know that everybody processes differently from, from person to person. But, you know, if you can get anything out of this message, if you're new in Christ, or whether if you're, you know, you know an old guy like me, an old veteran, you know, we still got a lot to learn. 
We still got to embrace change. If it wasn't for me tapping into technology, I wouldn't have never even got that far with my daughter sending me that message about Messenger. And, you know, but she knows that I know a little bit, so she's helping me to learn. I'm embracing change. So we always got to embrace change in life. It's a slow process, a lifetime experience. It's, it's the journey that lasts until Christ calls us home. Are you with me on that? So, you know, here's some good and bad news. You know, yes, you're going to be going through life's experiences where sometimes we're going to say, you know what, I don't want to go through this. Are you with me? You know, look to your neighbor and says, man, who loves trials? Mm. Then just tell them you do. <laughs> the thing about it is, is uh, the way that we look at it, the way that we perceive it. There goes that why compared to what? Does that make sense already? Why? All of a sudden, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for defeat. The moment that you say why, why do I got to go through this? Why do I got to go to church? Why do I gotta, you know, right away, there's that defeated spirit. I believe that someone said in the worship team, you know, that, that we are victors. We can't have that defeated mentality. You can't have that mentality that, you know, that you're a victim. The moment that we switch from why to what, we're victorious. Because you're embracing the change of God that he has for you. Oh, come on, bring it on, God. If you know that I need changing in that part of my life, bring it on, God. I'm all about change. If it's going to be hard, Lord, all I know is that I want change. And if it's difficult, there's one thing I know that's a promise from you, is that you are going to be with me. You're not going to let me go through this. You're not going to allow me to go this alone. You're going to say, come on, daughter. Come on, son. Change is yours. You can do this. You can do this. He's our greatest cheerleader. Come and someone say amen. And many of times we don't want to walk that. Here's another little nugget that you can put in your, your, your memory is that when we go through trials, and, and, and those are the moments that we don't want to be in the valleys, you know what? It's an opportunity for you to just tap in to the presence of God even more. Because guess what? When do you call the Lord the most? Oh, God, I'm in trouble. In jail without any bail. Nothing like that, huh? Oh, yeah, Lord, I'll never do this again. If you just get me out, God, get me out of this mess. Anybody got oranges or, or tomatoes in here? Because I'm going to say something that's probably going to hit home. If I could just get out of this relationship. You know what I'm talking about? You see, we make poor decisions in life. We make, we make, yeah, guys, you're smart, man. Don't say Amen. Because later it's going to be, oh, my. If you can just get me out of this job, God, if you can just get me out of this predicament, you know, first of all, how did you get there? Who put you there? How did you get there? Come on, let's be real here. How did you get there? And all of a sudden we want to pray our way out of that. You know, and the Holy Spirit's telling you, you know what? Yes, you made a, 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 a bad choice here, but let's make good out of it. Let's see what we can learn on our way. Let's journey together. Let's go down the chapters of life and, and let me take you somewhere that you've never been taken before. I want to take you in levels with me that you never imagined yourself of going before. Can someone say amen? Oh, I want to go to the depths with my king. I want to go through the valleys with my king. It's possible, I want you to note this, that you can have that joy that you have when you're on the mountaintop as well as being in the valley. Yes, come on. You've been taught that already. Oh, yes. God is good. Amen. So, 
let's change. Let's go to Romans 12, 1 and 2 out of the Passionate Translation. And while you're turning there, let's pray. Let's open this up with prayer. Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, for this awesome opportunity, Lord, to, to be your voice today, Father God, and everything that flows out of this mouth, Father God, this vessel of clay, Lord. I pray that it would be your words, Lord, that you would minister to hearts. And Lord, we are so careful this morning, Lord, me as your minister and us as a congregation to make sure that you get all the praise and glory. We come up against distraction. We come up against that spirit of lunch that wants to take us about what's going to be for lunch. We come up against that right now. Let us be focused, Lord. Let us be settled within spirit, Father God. And I thank you. We command any distracted spirit to be gone right now. You have no part in this congregation, no part in this place. And let the presence of God be the strongest force here. And we thank you and praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So here in our text. Out of the Passionate Translation, by the way, sister, I love that Passionate Translation that you read. Awesome. Thank you. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? Keyword there is mercies. To surrender yourselves to God, to be His sacred living sacrifice, and live in holiness, experiencing all, all that delights His heart. Take note of that. All that we do should be delighting God's heart. We're talking about transformation. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. Oh, man, that'll preach all day right there, Pastor. Those guys are going to preach in that'll preach right there. That'll preach all day. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Man, that's a mouthful, right? Quick definition of reformation. The act of reforming. The state of being reformed. And listen to these related words. There's a few of them that I just love. Related words is transformation, renewal, reorganization, realignment, rebirth. Isn't that what changing our life is all about? You must be born again. Well, look at the word of, of uh, reformation, rebirth, reestablishment, correction, alteration, improvement, reconstruction, rehabilitation, rearrangement, change, shift, restore, recover. And you just take those words and you apply them to the situation that you're walking in. And you got a lot of them, you're going to say, that's me. I need that. I need some recovery. I need some transformation. And look at, listen to this one, you know, and maybe I favor this one because I'm in construction. Reconstruction. That, that means that you're going to change something. You're going to tear it down. You're going to break it apart. You're going to understand what's wrong. And when you figure out what's wrong, it says, okay, I got to change that part in order to rebuild it so that I can be better. Amen. Amen. So it can be better. Now, think about that, about your life, about transformation. What have we torn down that is tearing us apart that we can honestly say, you know what? I've got victory in that part of my life. Oh, man, the amens are already happening right there. Oh, yeah, Pastor, come on, give me that good stuff. I tore some things down, and I feel good about where I'm at. Now, let me change, the, change gears here. What have you not addressed that you need to reconstruct in your life? 
that you might say, you know what, I haven't embraced change in this particular part of my life. I need to change that. I've got to, I've got to tear that down. I've got to be able to understand it. And I've got to, I've got to be able to recognize what's wrong. And I've got to be, be able, through the Holy Spirit, through the work of God, be able to change that part of my life. Are you with me? No, no. Are you with me? So here we go, point one. Where, where does change need to start? It's a good question. And for us that have been around for many years, we know the answer to that. And those that are babes in Christ and you don't know where to start, and you got a kind of a good idea, listen to this. Ch- change according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. It starts within the mind. It says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by the changing the way you think, by changing the way that you think. Oh, everybody knows this one. Joyce Myers, you've got to stop the stinking thinking, right? There's a lot of truth in that. You've got to stop the stinking thinking. NLT says this, by the renewing of your mind. The New King James uh, Version says, transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we're talking about change right here. We're talking about the change in your mind. You ever run into somebody and, and, and uh, they, you, you're gonna, you got some great plans and all of a sudden you call them, oh, I changed my mind. That happened to me the other day when I was buying something on eBay. And I changed my mind. Funny thing about it is that, you know, I couldn't change my mind. Oh, who's them to tell me I can't change my mind? Mira que carajo. So what I did is I, I went through the whole process of canceling it, and I couldn't cancel it. And you know what they kept saying, Pastor? Error, 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 error. And so I said, oh, man, I'm going to try and contact the person that was selling this. And I, I sent him an email and no response. But immediately when they said, okay, you're the highest bidder, the, 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 the part's yours for an old car. that I love old car restoration, so it was an old car part. I sent another email says, Wait a minute, I, I tried to get out of this, and what happened? This guy sent me a nasty, you know, he, finally he responds. He called me this and called me that, and so I, I gave him a piece of my mind, Pastor. I'm sorry, man. I had to give him a piece of my mind. And I said, you know, with all the love of Christ, it says, you know, I'm a human being. I can change my mind, and I elaborately laid out some words for him to understand. And hmm, Got to kill him with kindness. Yeah. Back there in my mind, the old guy kept, give it to him, give it to him, give it to him. And I said, no, no, no. I'm changed. I don't think like that no more. But man, I got that close, Pastor. Nope. The Holy Spirit says, aren't you changed? By the way, what are you going to be talking about over there in Vegas? I had no choice. You know, only because I want to. I choose to chase and pursue the things of God. If I'm going to say that I'm a Christian man, I need to walk like one. If I say that I'm a son of God, I need to talk like one. And, you know, if I say that I'm a Christian man, I need to be conduct myself and, and treat others fairly as I want to be treated as Christ would treat them. I didn't know this man from Adam. Or not even from Curious George. I didn't know him from Curious George or anybody. It's probably before your time. Who's curious, George? Is. Anyway, yeah. the thing about it is, I, I I couldn't let that stop me. I had to treat him well. I had to treat him well. 
It starts in the mind. Anybody here of neuroplasticity? It's a study of the brain activity which we create neural pathways or travel pathways that are uh, habitual. It, it, you, you have that same habit, that same habit. And, and here the enemy came around full circle. He wanted me to take me to that old habit. Is to give him a piece of your mind. You know, let him know who you are. You know, you ever you argue with somebody, you go somewhere, he said, don't you know who I am? <laughs> no, but the way you're saying that, I think you're Cheech and Chong. I don't know why. So it's the study of the mind, and scientifically it's been proven that we can alter that. We can change that. We can change those neural pathways that we created over and over and over, over and over and over. And, and some things you have to change in life, and some things they don't need to change. Like me ironing my pants. I ain't going to change that. I ain't going to change that. Yeah. Now you know why they're so creased, huh? Don't, don't touch them, sis. They'll cut yourself. <laughs> the thing about it is, you know, when you change your mind about something, why go back? Why go back? When we come to Christ and we make that decision, I changed. I want to change the way that I was doing life. And we jump on this side. Yes, you have the right because God has given you the power. You, you're a child that, that has been given the right to, of the power of choice, right? Are you with me? You've been given the power of choice. Yeah, you can change your mind and go back. But what's the benefit? You know, we're changing from season to season in life, and you progressively are, are, are pursuing the will of God, progressively advancing in the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, just because a hiccup in the road, all of a sudden now I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back over here. I'm going to change my mind now. I'm going to change my mind. We're going to talk about a couple of characters in the Bible where it costs them a lot. But you know what? Thank God for the grace of God. Thank God for the grace of God. We're progressively changing. And you know what? I'm proof. Did you see that picture of me up there earlier? Man, I oh, get guapo, man. You were probably expecting some guy to walk in looking like that. Look at me, viejo now. We change. We change. So you got to get with the change. We are sanctified and set aside. We're vessels of honor found in 2 Timothy 2, 20, 21. And, and listen to this. It says, in a wealthy home, some uh, utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for spe uh, special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. 21, if you keep yourselves pure, and you, and, and you will pr uh, be a special utensil for honorable use, your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for everyday good use, every good work. Think about that. You know, when they chose me, and I'll talk about myself, they went to the 99 cent store and the Lord pulled me out of there. You know, I had no value. Can somebody relate to that? You know what? That's God's choice. And he went down to the to lower parts of the neighborhood and he says, I want that vato. I want him. I want to take him. I want to take him. I'm going to change him. He's going to be an earth shaker. He's going to be one that, to, to help my people to know me. He's going to show them about the love of God. He's going, to, he's going to minister in the streets. He's going to be a vessel of honor. I'm going to change him into plasticware, into silverware. Hallelujah. And, and you know what? Thank God of where I am today. I thank the Lord every day for changing life and for a second chance. Just like the next person here, where would we be without the Lord, right? 
So we need to be vessels of honor. We got to position ourselves for that. It just doesn't happen overnight. You know, we've got to put in our work, and God puts in His work, definitely puts in His work. Man, thirsty. Proverbs 12, 8 says this. It says, a sensible person wins admiration, but a warped mind, talking about change in the mind, a warped mind is despised. It's despised. For many years I had a warped mind. Even as a Christian man, early on, I didn't understand change. I wanted to embrace it, but I didn't understand it. I was caught in my old mentality. The neurological pathways in my brain didn't allow me to leave that circumference. I continued to go over and over in the same path. It was a cycle, a, a, a killing, dead, deadly cycle that, that kept rolling in my mind and didn't allow me to change. And as much as I pursued it, I continued to do that until somebody came along and began to disciple me and began to show me what change looked like. You've got to begin to think different, brother. You've got to begin to put new information in that computer, brother. Begin to memorize. Begin to, to put yourself around circle of people that are going to influence you to do right in life. They're going to ch- people that are chasing the will of God. So everything that we do in life has to be all about change. It has to be for the, the better good of you. Here's the second thing I want to talk about is this. This is something that is, I would say, is going to be the better part, if you will, of this message. It says you can't defeat what you can't define. Let me say that again. You can't defeat what you can't define. Look to your neighbor and tell him you can't defeat what you can't define. And see, this is the cycle that I was living in for many years. For many years, I, I, I was defeated because I couldn't define what was wrong with me. Are you tracking with me? There's somebody there who can, can understand what I'm saying. And, and you might be, be defeated by something and you just can't define it. I, I know there's something wrong in my life. I know that I, I should be changed in this part of my life already, but I can't define what's wrong. Pastor, I don't know what's wrong. And then you come to the first lady of the house, sisters, and you go and you tell her the same thing. I don't know what's wrong. I just can't change this part of my life. Whether if it's in relationships, whether if it's finances, whether if it's in morals. And, you know, your character or your, or your mentality is just you're thinking wrong all the time. You, you don't understand, you know, how do I get from this place a complacency to a place solid in Christ? How do I change that part of my life? Well, here you got to learn to understand what's going on. And you got to be able to define what's defeating you. Are you with me? you got to be able to define it. You know, we must recognize the, the, the things that are holding us back or causing us to fall into a sinful, active, dysfunctional behaviors. Are you with me? I had a lot of dysfunctional behaviors in my life. How many here can say, I understand? I'm not telling you to agree. Yeah, I got a lot of dysfunction. That's between you and God. If this hits home and I, I hit a home run, well, you know what? Run home with me. Don't stay on second base. Come on. Don't stay on second base. You come out all the way home and you say, God, I've got some dysfunctional ways. I don't understand them, but I'm ready to define them. Reveal them to me. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And you got to be able to encircle yourself around some strong leaders and some strong people. You know what? There's a great thing that's happening in my brother-in-law's church that I don't have no excuse to take myself down there. It's called Deborah's Warriors. Anybody familiar with that? You ought to be because here's the founder. 
Oh, come on. Let's give it up for Deborah's Warriors. And, and what they teach you there is how to war, how to become a prayer warrior. So I've been going to this, you know, after 29, going on 30 years of, of serving the Lord, and I've been learning some stuff, man. I've been learning to become a greater prayer warrior. You know, we come to that conclusion in life, man, I'm a good prayer, you know, I'm a good prayer warrior. And then when you go and check out something, man, if you ain't attending, if they have one here, I encourage you to attend a, a prayer class. You're going to learn some stuff. They're going to take you a deeper walk with your king, a deeper walk. So we got to be able to get around some resources that are going to help us to understand what's happening with inside us. There's something strange if there's no change. I want you to let, hang on to that. Can, can you say that with me? Something strange. If there's no change, something strange going on with that young man. Something's going on with that sister. Something strange. Something strange with that, that preacher that's up there. He's, you, know, he's, he's, you know what I'm talking about? Take note. Many of times, it's your old nature. It's overcoming you. It's clouding your godly in, uh, judgment. The old nature will do that to us. It'll cloud your judgment, your godly judgment, that you can't make the right decisions in life. And then you ask yourself, why? It's why, because something strange is going on. Greater is he who is in, in, in me or in you than who is in the, who, he who is in the world. How many believe that? How many stand on that? The next time you feel defeated, you remind yourself of that passage of Scripture. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. See, we know that stuff. But in the middle of the battle, a lot of times, if, you, if you're anything like me, you know, all of a sudden we just, we just blank out. And the enemy comes and cold cocks us and sucker punches us. And then we, we, we wake up and, we, you know, give us all. And we don't know what happened. You got blindsided. You didn't stand firm. It was that old cycle that caused you to stand in defeat when, we, when you're a victorious individual. We've been called to victory. Strange thing about it, don't throw the tomatoes, man. Many of times we're in, in denial of the very things that, that defeat us. In order to defeat it, you must define it. What's the, what do I mean by define? You must realize the negative impact it has on you and others around you. So it could be jealousy. It could be hatred. It could be things that you just not even thinking and it just blur them out of your mouth. It could be financial debt that you're going through, and it's, it's causing, you know, chaos in your home. It's causing chaos in your family and poor decision-making, you know. There's a lot of ways that we are bound to certain things in life, and they're defeating us, but yet we can't recognize them. You're bound to those, 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 those choices in life. You're, you're traveling down that neural pathway over and over and over, and yet you haven't addressed it. I've got some good news for you, brothers and sisters. Today, came God came to deliver you from those, those forces of evil. He came to deliver you and set you free from the, from the things that have been holding you back for many years. Here's an example. I keep blowing my top when this happens to me. When this happens, I keep blowing my top. I keep, the, my anger gets, well, right there, you made a mistake. My anger? Are we claiming this stuff? You know? In Deborah's words class, you're going to learn about the power of words. You have that class here, sis? Woo, come on, let's give it up for Deborah's warriors. There's power in words. There's power in words, and you got to realize God didn't give you that anger. It's something that developed in your character, so why claim it? 
If it's something that developed, you can, you can change the course of that path. You can change that. Mm. What holds you back from change? Listen to this. Peter denied knowing Christ three times before he was able to define his defeat. It was fear, pride, denial. He went from champ because he was hanging out with the, the champion of all champions. He was hanging out with the king of all kings and lord of all lords. You know what? He had the best of the best that he was rolling with, if, you, if you're tracking with me. But when, when, when the rubber met the road, he denied that he knew him. He denied him. He went from champ to chump, if you're tracking with me. In Matthew 26, 74, it says this, that I curse... A curse on me if, I, if I'm lying, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed, and, and suddenly Jesus' words flashed um, through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you knew me. And he went away weeping bitterly. Listen to this translation in the passionate, tra passionate translation. It states this, with a shattered heart. Peter left the courtyard sobbing with bitter tears. You know, many of times we're that Peter there when we realize that we've, we've, we've wronged our king. We've made wrong choices. We've done things that offend our king and hurt those around us. And we're right there where Peter's at. So you're not alone. We're going to make mistakes in life. But are you going to be the first one to, to, to stand in line to get corrected? Where does correction come from? From our peers, from our pastors, from people around us. But number one is the Holy Spirit, the work of God within you. He's going to let you know when you're wrong. Are you with me? Say amen or oh my. What's, what's, what's your breaking point? We talked about Peter when he denied Jesus. That was his breaking point. Uh, I'm going to mention Samson when he lost his, his eyesight. You know, that was his breaking point. Jacob, when he wrestled with an angel and left him with a limp, that was his breaking point. Now, let me, let me just arrest you. What's, what's going to be your breaking point? What's it going to take to get you back on track? What's, gonna take, what's it going to take for you to realize, you know what? I got to stop dabbling in this sin. I got to stop dabbling with these habits. I got to stop dabbling with these things that are getting me off a of track and keeping me in this cycle that I don't want to be in no more. What's your breaking point? Where are you going to finally embrace change and say, you know what? I need to change this. I, I got to get rid of this. I got to get through this. I got to stop doing this. I'm talking about stop. Yeah. <laughs> mm, come on. Can I keep going, Pastor? And, oh, man, here comes another 30 minutes. Hallelujah. I got to stop this. What's your breaking point? You can't keep hanging out with Pookie and Darnell for one if you want change. <laughs> Who in the heck's Pookie and Darnell? Uh, just different names. It was Paco and Taco where I came from. You can't keep hanging out with the old people that mess you up. You know, you got to hang around with those that you want to be like. And I know an awesome couple here that you can be hanging out with. You can be just like them. You're going to have your own feel of what it is to be a, a Christian person. But you know what? We embrace the things that we're around. We embrace that. So you can't be hanging out with Pookie and Darnell no more. You got to find some new friends. You got to find new, some new people in the church, some new solid brothers and sisters. 
I'll say that again. Solid, brothers and sisters. No wishy-washy. So if you're thinking of going to the casino after this, don't go with them. Let's be real. I mean, let's do what's pleasing to God, as the scripture said. You've got to do what's pleasing to God. In Luke 15, 16, and 7, it says this about the prodigal son. We all know the story. I'm going to jump down to verse 16. The young man, before I go there, let me just put some footwork here. He asks his dad for his inheritance. Is you know, give me this, give me that. I'm going to go on and live my own life now. I'm go experience life. And then so here we get to this place where he's down and out and he lost everything. And, and, and verse 16 says, As the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the, the pigs looked good to him. Man, that's low. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, key word right there, he said to himself, at home, in my father's house, at the church. Let's come on, let's, put, let's, let's fill that in right there. You know, oh, at this job that you wanted to leave, at least I'm getting a paycheck. At least they treat me well. I might not like it, but you know what? I got a paycheck. I got a roof. You know what? He came to his senses, the Bible says. He says, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. He began to recognize the very things that were defeating him. In which way, you might say. Look at this. Number one, I wasted all my inheritance in wild, reckless living. He recognized that. The very things that were defeating him. Remember, you can't defeat what you can't define. I can't support myself. He recognized that. Broke, busted, and disgusted. He came to that conclusion. Number three, I got a low-paying, dirty job that I can't even live off of. Couldn't afford nothing. Number four is that he didn't get no help. So Pookie and Darnell didn't offer him no help. Hey, homie, that's your problem, man. You know what? I can't help you. Isn't that like the people that don't know Christ? I'm not going to say the people of the world because we're all people of the world. I don't want to confuse you in case you didn't know. We're all people of the world, but we don't live with the standards of the world. We're children of God in this world to be a light into the world. But the people around him didn't even want to help him. So what am I saying is that he began to recognize. The Bible says in verse 17, of that passage of scripture about the prodigal son, he came to his senses, his thoughts, his godly insight finally kicked in. And I want you to just think about this for a sudden. Here you are, you're doing your thing, and all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's everything's just going great, and you know, you, you think you're just like the prodigal son, you're all that, and you're just having a great time, and, and things begin to collapse. And, and you know what? You keep on going. It's just one more time, one more time. I know it's going to work out. I'm, I know it's going to work out. And it keeps collapsing. And all this time, you know, you got that godly sense, but it's not kicking in. But when we hit rock bottom, all of a sudden, now we want to process. Well, now we want to examine what happened. Now we're defining the very thing that's defeating us. And all of a sudden, here comes that godly instinct. It starts kicking in. 
Oh, in my father's house right here. Come on. In my father's house, they didn't treat me that way. In my father's house, they never left me without food. In my father's house, in my dad's house, in my mom's house. You know what? They never turned a, 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 a they never closed a good door to me. They always opened the door to me. They always invited me in. You know, at least at my job, I got a good paying job. You know, at least I can support myself. I'm not without. We come to our godly senses. Are you with me? Come on. That, we got to praise the Lord for that. Oh, God, thank you for insight. Thank, thank you that you take us from place to place, from victory to victory. And we could be that prodigal. Where you finally hit rock bottom. And you realize, I jacked up. You know, with me. Look to your neighbor and say, I jacked up. You don't have to say it like that. But say it like that. Jacked up. Jacked up from the back up. Tore up from the floor up. I'm a hot mess. I need a checkup from the neck up. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. And how do I get out of this? I'm going to call my homie Pokey in there now, and they're going to get me out of this. No, it's not. No, it's not. You need to call on the king of kings and say, Lord, I'm in trouble. Oh, Lord, I'm in trouble, and, and I'm your son. I'm your daughter, Lord. Come and rescue me. Lord, I'm going to fall on my face and repent of the very things that I've been, been uh, uh, dishonoring you with, my poor decision, my ways. Uh, Lord, just help me out of this mess, God. Lord, I'm a hot mess, man. I promise I'm not going to hang out with Pookie and Darnell. I want to go back to church. I want to go back to Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. I want to be in your presence of your people, Lord. I want change. Can you somebody say change? Change. change. I want change, God. Because I know that change is going to change me. It's going to get me out of my wicked ways of thinking. Listen to this. You know, your breaking point could be the best thing that ever happens to you. Think about it. Let's go back to Peter for a second. The very thing that broke him. The very thing that hurt him, the very thing that hurt the king of kings and lord of lords, God has a way of turning it around for the good. He came to his senses. He came to his godly reasoning and he says, you know what? I'm not going to deny my king anymore. You know what? I'm going to go full speed ahead and I'm not turning back. What do we know about Peter? One of the greatest evangelists of all times in the Bible. Who can preach here and 3,000 get saved? Not me, but Peter can. But you know what? Guess what? That same spirit that's in Peter is in you and I. We can change just like Peter could. All we got to do is grab a hold of God and understand that our breaking point could be the best thing that ever happened to us. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. Well, God, I'm ready for change. Well, God, get me in line because I want change. Hallelujah. Oh, man, talking about James Brown, that's what he should have sang, huh? Oh, there, brother fellowship, instead of please, 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 he should have said, change, 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 change. Uh, no, you can't have my autograph. <laughs> He's likely to tell me and my son, you guys are drummers, right? Because you can't sing. Yeah. Here's, listen to this. Identify your accountability partners. We've got to have battle buddies in life everybody needs a battle buddy is that word familiar to you that phrase familiar to you if it's not embrace it everybody needs an accountability partner which is a battle buddy 
where you can just lock hands with. Grab that sister, sister to sister, and you know what? Pour your heart out. This is this where I'm struggling. I want to be accountable. Hold me accountable. You know, I, I, don't want, I don't want to go into this cycle anymore over and over. I want you to hold me accountable. And when you see me step out of line, pull me aside. Pull me aside. And, and brothers, you got to get raw with your brother that you're, you're, you're being held accountable to. Don't raise your hands, but how many here have accountability partners or a battle buddy? Especially you brothers, man, we need a, 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 a battle buddy. And I'll tell you why. From brother to brother, strange things can happen when there's no change, right? We can get stubborn in our ways. I don't need nobody. I can work this out myself. I, I ain't going to tell nobody. As long, as long as nobody knows, you know what? I'm going to be all right. You're forgetting about one thing. Oh, our king knows everything. He knows the secrets that you're trying to hide. He knows them. The thing about it is you got to be honest and you got to say, you know what? It's time for me to change that part of my life. The very thing that's tearing you apart, the things that's defeating you, you got to be willing to grab your battle buddy and say, let's define this thing. You know, I don't know exactly what's happening, but let me tell you how it started. It started when I was 10 years old. I made almost that long ago. Yes, it can be that long ago. And you know what? And it's just a thing that's been happening in my life progressively. I, it got me to this place right here where I'm at now. Now I'm stuck like Chuck. I don't know how to get out. Battle buddy. Get on my knees with me and help me defeat this thing. Battle buddy. Hold me accountable. Can you call me, you know, in my worst hour when I'm most tempted at 10 o'clock? Call me up and, and let me make sure everything's all right. Sister, call me at this time. This is where I'm most tempted and more vulnerable, and I keep making the same mistake. You know what? You got to position yourself. You got to be transparent with your battle buddy, and you got to say, you know what? This is what's going on in my life, and I want to be held accountable. Come on, somebody give it up for the Lord. Listen to this one who will call you up, not call you out. And what I mean by call you out is, oh, do you know what sister so-and-so told me about herself? Not a good thing to do. You know what brother and brother uh, so-and-so told me about himself that he's struggling with? You're talking about defeating one of God's sons or daughters by doing that. I love the way my pastor says it over there in HP. It's called chismes. She has some famous words, man. Manoodles. <laughs> Gotta love her. <laughs> okay, Pastor. Manoodles. Does <laughs> that come in a paper can? <laughs> Manoodles. But chismes will tear apart a relationship. When somebody tells you something in confidence, where does it need to stay? Come on. You say that louder, sis? Ooh, come on. You and God. I have this policy that I keep in deep within my heart. Somebody comes to me and tells me something in confidence. I have no permission to repeat it to anyone except my king unless the person has been given me the right to repeat it to somebody else that cares. Unless I've been given the right. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Unless you've been given the right to share it. Because that'll destroy a person so fast, and they'll run. And then you're wondering, where did so-and-so go? I don't see him at church no more. Mm -mm. He's a preacher. I like 
She's a preacher. That's true. They don't want to be around fake people. You're absolutely right. So in closing thoughts here, I come to present to you the opportunity to grow in capacity, to grow in your knowledge, grow, grow. And here the word of God was, talk, was, was, was teaching you and I about transformation, about embracing it. And this is all elementary stuff, but I want you to think about the depth of where we were going with that, about defining what's defeating you, about what's holding us back from change, what needs to change, how come I have to change. Consider all those that God has presented to us and, and learn from it so that you can have the capacity to grow low, uh, further and further into, in, in your walk with Christ. We've got to have the capacity to, to grow further and go further in Christ. So a couple of questions. What's your capacity? We don't know. God could take us forever, man. We can do some great, great things. Here's the second question. Will you ever reach your capacity? Not if we keep on holding ourselves back, church. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Not if we keep on doing those things that are hurting us and, and, and the very ones that we love and especially our king. We'll never reach our capacity in Christ. You've got to be willing to change and embrace that. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says this, We demolish every argument and every petition that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Is that elementary? Is that simple? But in the heat of the battle, it's hard for us to remember that stuff, right? In the heat of the battle, things are happening in split seconds right here, split seconds. Well, guess what, brothers and sisters? In the split second of a moment, you, things that you got memorized, so I encourage you to memorize the Word of God, they can come to your memory just as fast. We can beat the enemy at his game if we uh, just grab the right tools. We've got to be warriors, and warriors have tools. They have weapons that are available to them. We just got to reach out, and we got to embrace them and take them and say, God, you've given me weapons, and, and one of them is not that I'm a victim, but I'm a victor. Can someone say amen? I'm a victor in Christ. I'm victorious, not because I said, not because my pastor said, not because anybody else said. It's because you declared that about me. Can someone say amen? Lord, you are good. In Romans, it says this. So let your sinful nature control, uh, nature control your mind leads. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Didn't Christ declare this to you? And I says, I come and give you life and life abundantly. But what does it say before that in John 10, 10? The devil comes to what? And it's funny that it's worded like that. No, it's not funny. It's strategic that he said he comes to steal first. What does he want to steal? Mm. You, can, you can add a lot there, but it starts right here. He wants to steal the very things that you should be meditating on. Because we shouldn't be streaming down memory lane constantly, constantly. I hate to pop your bubble. But we shouldn't be constantly back there when God got you right here and he's preparing you for the future. You, you should be right here. And that's why he says right here that I've come to give you life and life abundantly. It says right here in this passage of scripture in Romans 8, 6, it says, And spirit control your mind that leads to life and peace. We're going to have that life and peace. And here's another scripture that I'm going to throw out there before we close. 
It found in Romans 12, 1, uh, um, Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a large crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us stir up every weight, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Get a hold of that. That slows us down, especially the sin that is so easily strips us up or trips us up. We, we've got to, we got to get rid of it. And let, the, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us, found in Roman, I mean, uh, Hebrews 12.1. Powerful passage of Scripture. Powerful path, path, passage of Scripture about getting rid of the very things that are hurting you. I'm going to leave you with this thought right here. If you can't define it, you can't defeat it. Something strange.